When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstrike Just me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the Overreaction Podcast. I am Chase. With me as always, my man Cody, straight off a flight from the expo. How you doing, my man? I'm alive. I am not thriving. Um, we are dead beat tired right now from three, three or four fantastic days up there since I've been up there since Thursday with the guys from South Armin. Absolutely fantastic time, but I am for sure paying for it right now. I bet you are. I mean, so so it's. I mean, I saw all the pictures on social media. I saw them on Twitter. Um, you know, you sleeping a lot. But uh, <laughs> but tell me a little bit what happened. What was your favorite part of the expo? Just kind of give me a rundown, since unfortunately I have to live vicariously through you on this one. I did not get to go myself. You know, what was it all about? Oh, I mean, we're like I said, staying up there with those guys. We're just in a in a school. It, it, with about 15 guys and people coming over every single night and but you know going out to the expo meeting everybody i mean that that's the biggest thing that i'm really taking away from it and what what i've found so much joy in is just meeting all these guys putting names to faces be, behind the screen that you've been talking to you've known for the past year and a half and been chopping it up with all the people that you get to see live in person as well you get to see scott fish and shake a hand you get to see matt Harmon coming up to booths and talking to people i mean you get to see you get to see all of the names as well. You get to see people like I, I really like the front yard fantasy guys. They put on a really good show. I got to dap it up with Simon from over there. And then just all the guys that we were staying with, like those relationships that we developed over those last four days of just absolutely messing around and doing way too much dumb stuff as well. Um, it, it was an, it was truly just an awesome time, man. That's so cool. Yeah, no, I, I saw I saw a bunch of stuff, you know, pictures and things like that. You know, like I said, just living vicariously through through you and through everyone that was out there. Um, so it was really awesome to see those pictures. Hope to make it out next year myself. Um, you know, I know Scott Connor was out there. You got to stay with the, the forty boys and and uh, and all of the the, the shit show community which is which is awesome so you know great time all a lot of those guys are great people also part of destination Devi. so uh really cool to to you know hear about you hanging out with them um i did also see fizzle dalla you tell me about that experience too because like it sounds like he had a really cool story about with him and des bryant yeah probably one of the best things from the weekend as far as just like holy crap like that was an incredible moment was um, whenever he's going up there, he's taking pictures of all of his Dez jerseys, putting them up and, you know, like, hey, hey, check out this collection. And, and Dez hits him back and just says, hey, man, we we got to chop it up. We got to meet. And so he's fizzles out there talking to Dez Bryant, his absolute like just childhood legend hero and everything gets to interview him. 
to have him up. One of the coolest things. And then Des Bryant as well, just playing flag football out there. Like you can just tell that this dude is an absolute mammoth freak compared to everybody else out there. Just a different type of human specimen in Des Bryant. And like, like, dude, this this band could still chop it up and play and just murder people on the field if he really wanted to. And I know his time in the NFL is done, but man, it just compared to everybody else out there, just a different type of human being. You know, the one-on-one I wish we could see at the, at the expo, maybe next year, we got to convince, uh, you know, old Ray G to, to go out there and, oh. and try to man up on Dez. I, I want to see that one happen. I, you know, we, there was a lot of, you know, crap talk about Jay, Jay Rich trying to take on, on Ray. I want to see Ray and Dez go at it. That, that would be fun to see on the field. <laughs> I don't know if those playing days are over, Dean. We, we don't, so. we don't need it. We don't need any of those injuries out there anymore. <laughs> playing days, playing days might be behind us, but we were, I mean, Hey, I, I, I got to give him the props. We were running, we were running some dry routes in the auditorium and, uh, you know, D- Dr. B cooked me up a couple times out there. Dr. B Harris was cooking me up on some routes we were running, but just incredible time. I mean, just everything's completely natural and genuine as well with every single person out there meeting. You know, I-, I can't even begin to start listing out all of the names of people that I shook hands with and met. That was just fantastic, man. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a, it's a great ne- networking opportunity. And one of the things he told me beforehand too, was like, it was like you just didn't talk fantasy. You, you networked. You got to get you know know all these people personally, which is I think the the coolest part about it. It's, it's that relatability. You know, we sit here and and BS and talk fantasy all the time, all day, every day, and being able to have that human connection, just kind of get to know who these people are. I think just kind of puts the you know icing on the cake for what the expo actually is. Yeah, I mean, I can I can do that the other three hundred and sixty three days out of the year, right? But there's only three days that I can really just sit there, have a beer with somebody, and truly get to know him, know them, and what their story is for who they are, what they've done in the space, how they've gotten to where they've become. It, it, a lot of a lot more stuff of just like you know the content creation side of things behind the scenes as well, much more so than any of the actual football stuff too. Just like how we're growing brands out here and what people are trying to get to the next stage of evolution of fantasy football as well. An incredibly true, incredibly cool time, man. Absolutely. So next year, hope to be out there looking to learn from you and your knowledge, which you kind of gained over your time there. But we had a heavy news day like we are recording this Monday night um, and and some of the signings we've been waiting for finally happened. So let's kick things off here with, with, I think, which might be the the biggest news. We're going to start off with the New York Jets. Uh, Obviously, they had Aaron Rodgers this offseason. Now they're adding Dalvin Cook to this backfield. So you're going to have Dalvin and Brees. Dalvin Cook got a one-year, I believe it's eight point three million or eight point four million dollar deal with incentives in you know in as part of the deal, so he can make up to that um, if everything works out for him. People are panicked a little bit about Brees right now, making it seem like, hey, this signing signifies something's up with Brees. What are your thoughts on this Dalvin Cook signing to the Jets? From everything that I've seen coming out, man, uh, whenever he didn't sign with them the first day to what's been coming out since then, it's just it doesn't feel like it's actually a Brees problem. It really feels like I I still fully believe he's going to be ready for week one. Now, is he going to be handling 20 touches week one? No, I don't know if he's really going to be doing that all of this year anymore with Dalvin Cook there. But I, I don't think it's the fact that he's not going to be ready. I think it is really just a thing of like whenever you're on this type of push in Super Bowl competitive, competitive level run, the Jets seem to be in for this one two year window that they're trying to push in for. 
whenever there's that level of a talent out there, you bring him in. But it has seemed to be clear from everything that they've said and everything that they've shown that Brees is still going to be their ride and die true number one. But they do love what Dalvin Cook can bring as a secondary role within this offense. I don't know if you feel any differently about it. Yeah, I think, you know, this is what I found interesting was Dalvin Cook's words throughout this process was it seemed like he had a team that he wanted to sign with the the entire time. And it was the New York Jets. Um, Miami obviously showed interest. He was still shopping his services around, probably, you know, obviously searching for money, which running backs just aren't getting. Um, I'm sure he was kind of searching for those deals to see what was out there and kind of pairing up the the money opportunity with the, the chance to win. And I don't think there's any better chance to win than the New York Jets. You talk about Nathaniel Hackett, who comes from that LaFleur coaching tree. They love to run two running back sets. So you have, you know, AJ Dillon and uh, and Aaron Jones up in Green Bay. So you're going to have Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. Both of them are going to get touches. Both of them are going to get carries. I think for the offense as a whole, this is awesome because now you have two running backs that you legitimately have to worry about, like fresh legs all the time. And from a pure football perspective, like this is going to be exciting. You have two wider, you have multiple wide receivers that can actually block on the perimeter, you know, with Lazard and, and, and Corey Davis, they have multiple tight ends. Like this is just going to be a fun offense to actually see how it's executed on the field. And then you have one of the most efficient quarterbacks in NFL history. uh, If he is still, you know, Aaron Rodgers of old, it's just going to be such a fun offense from a fantasy perspective. I'm not as panicked about either one of these guys, really. Like, I, we've seen A.J. Dillon, who's nowhere near the talent that Dalvin Cook is, play a 40% role and still have really good fantasy weeks. I still think Dalvin Cook is going to have enough of a role and get enough touches to be effective and be efficient. I think it caps their upside, though. I think that's really where this conversation is. is like, all right, I don't think Brees Hall is just a locked and loaded, like, top 10 running back anymore. Yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of what we have to get get our minds wrapped around, right? Is that we, we've seen Dalvin Cook be this hammer. We've seen him be the bell cow back for the last five years or however long he's been on this run for. And we thought Brees Hall was going to be the next one of those as well. And now you're kind of killing both of them. And I think that just like puts that little bit of like tainted image in our minds of what they should be compared to what they actually still can be. In comparison, in, in conjunction with each other throughout this year, I think that both of them can still operate fairly well. Now, your Michael Carter's, Izzy Ban, Candace, Bam Knights, outside of injury, those guys aren't seeing the field hardly more than like five snaps a game, probably. Like those guys are probably buried and dead until one of these guys has something happen or Dalvin Cook goes away next year. Like that, that role is probably out for them. But I think whenever you do have these two really just fantastic running backs and hammers, as I'd like to call them, working side by side I yeah I don't know if it's going to give a week over week role for a top five running back performance from either one of them no but there's still going to be two very serviceable running backs for your fantasy teams yeah I think you could see one of these guys end up being a back-end RB1 um, I, and if I had to lean right now I'd lean Brees still even though the the ACL he hasn't been at back at practice yet so I know that's you know what, what everyone's starting to panic on. It's like, oh, well, Dalvin Cook can, you know, comes in and immediately takes over. And maybe it does help out with that, right? Like maybe, maybe Dalvin takes over the lead role early on, but then, you know, Brees, as he gets up to speed, ACL starts to, 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 you know, basically work itself back into playing shape. Um, we start to see the shift back towards Brees Hall, but 
you have two options and i think that's really the best thing and you obviously have some solid depth in that room uh which is going to be super helpful but i would say if i had to guess just because of the what i think Brees's passing ability would be or you know pass catching ability i would say he's the one i'd be more uh, optimistic ending up as a back-end rb1 and dalvin's probably going to be a mid-range rb2 if i had to guess yeah, we might get a little bit of insight too because we're going to be seeing these guys both on the field at Hard Knocks for the next couple of weeks as yeah. well. See if we can actually get Brees Hall on the field for some practices during the Hard Knocks episodes as well. Can't wait to go back and watch last week's as well. I haven't gotten around to it yet, but really excited to watch that one too. Yeah, you've been a you, you've been a on a bender there in, in, at the expo, so I don't blame of- you, yo. Out of commission, as I like to call it, <laughs> absolutely out of commission for a couple of days. As Jay Peters said, you know, this man can sleep. And so, uh, yeah, I, and I know you, you probably need some sleep here. So uh, we'll, we'll keep things moving. But I mean, on that note with practice and hard knocks, I mean, Dalvin still isn't going to be ready to practice, even though he signed. He had shoulder surgery this offseason. So neither of these running backs, even though they're both on the team, aren't going to be practicing. It doesn't sound like at least this week. Right. Yep. Still going to be looking forward to that, seeing how, seeing if we get to see a little bit of insight to the recovery process and the timeline that we can potentially look forward to throughout the next couple of weeks. But from there, let's move into the next running back that got signed kind of along the same path as a Dalvin Cook, and that is in Ezekiel Elliott signing with the Patriots and just killing those Ramondre shares that everybody was really excited for him to be basically Brees Hall as well. Now we've got Zeke to be the pounder up the gut first and second down, man. And he could be a good pass blocker too. Maybe place a little bit of third down too. So, you know, I, maybe is Zeke the one in this offense. Shut up. <laughs> Get out of here. This is an overreaction. I, I, I know that there's a, these, these two running backs complement each other. And I think we saw in preseason week one, how awful the depth is behind Ramondre. Like we saw Pierre strong, Kevin Harris, like they did none of these guys behind Ramondre showed any like inkling of hope where that they could help spell Ramondre throughout the season. And as much as we want to see someone take, you know, 80 to 90% of the snaps at the running back position, one that is just not going to happen anymore that is not the nfl nowadays and two it's not going to be very conducive for his health so i i'm with you i do think that zeke is going to have a role Uh, i don't know i'm hesitant to say on third downs because Ramondre is clearly going to be the pass catching back in this offense uh but Zeke will be taking some carries. And I, I saw a stat today that was showing uh, red zone carries, uh, basically carries inside the red zone over the past, I believe, three years. And Zeke w- like, was sixth in the league with like 26% of his carries being inside the red zone, where Ramondre was, I think, 17th or 20th with only like 12% or 7%. It was, it was something awful. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me right now, but that's the role I'd be worried about is can can Zeke be Jamal Williams of last year vulturing touchdowns now I know this isn't going to be as effective or efficient as an offense um, and and they're probably not going to be scoring a ton of touchdowns as far as you know I would imagine the Patriots looking who knows we'll see Uh, that offense was incompetent last year and I guess we'll see what Bill O'Brien has in store but I think that's more or less the look this is still Ramondre's team and I feel like if anything that this is the bigger overreaction. Like I am not worried at all about Zeke other than vulturing some touchdowns here and there and taking a little bit of breather work away from Ramondre. Yeah. I think, I think you made the good point there with just the high leverage touches. Like I'm not worried about Ramondre losing out the seven 
a gap carries that Zeke is going to take. I'm worried about the ones that's actually within the five yard line. And I'm worried about on pass protecting plays. Like th- those are the only two areas that I'm actually worried about Ramondre losing any work. I'm not worried about him losing the receiving work either, but sometimes if the running back's not flaring out, then I think that probably leans more to a better Zeke role. And it might limit some of the receiving option and receiving work of just the rollout flare out dump offs that Ramondre could get throughout the year. But no, I'm with you that this is much less of an issue for Ramondre than Dalvin. And Cook is for Brees Hall. Yeah, I think it was a one-year, five million dollar deal with uh, an, an additional million dollars in incentives, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so it's not a nothing contract, but it is a one-year deal, and it's a team that desperately was was needing running back help. Uh, I know they were looking at Dalvin Cook as well. Zeke was the first domino to fall today. So once Zeke signed, it seemed like Dalvin was it was the given that like, hey, I'm going to New York. And uh, instead of New England, and that was kind of the the sign that the Patriots needed to to just say, okay, we're signing Zeke now. Uh, so we have one last domino to fall, which is going to be Leonard Fournette. So we'll see what actually happens with him. Uh, I think he's going to be the, I mean, waiting for an injury kind of guy, waiting for a situation to pop open for him. So that one, I guess, would be surprising or be interesting to see. He seems like he's a one that is uh, a guy that is looking for actual carries in an offense or actual touches versus Zeke who's like probably willing to take a lesser role uh, with with New England so interesting situations to to kind of monitor here are we just fully dismissing Kareem Hunt almost at this point I I know I am I, I like I feel I feel bad about it I really do but it just seems like the NFL you know it's, we talk about it all the time or you hear it all the time especially from Ray it's like what's the NFL telling you like he is the lower of the totem pole ones. I know we haven't heard anything from Fournette either. Like at least we've heard Kareem Hunt's visiting some teams, uh, but I've, I mean, there's been nothing that I've heard or seen on, on Leonard Fournette. So maybe that's the bigger one. Both of these guys are just holding out hope for an opportunity on a team. It seems like the the number of teams actually shopping running back at this point uh, just got even smaller because Patriots and Jets were ones. Miami, Tampa. <laughs> doesn't sound like Dallas is and I mean like what a couple of teams that like actually could use a running back like Arizona probably needs one but they have no reason to pay one because they're going to be god awful so like as long as James Conner's healthy we're just going to use him 30 times a game because we don't have anything else behind him and I mean like we're, we're just we're, we're not in the range yet of getting the Leonard Fournette's and the Kareem Hunts of the world contracts right now I mean we're out here signing Daryl Williams like that that's who's getting looks and contracts at this point currently well, and one of the things that was talked about uh, early on when when Dalvin got uh, let go was that the Vikings actually had a contract on the table for Dalvin to come back if he so wanted to, but it was going to be you know at a price that the team wanted, and so they allowed him to go out and shop. So I'm curious to see now if the Vikings are actually in the running back market because again, you know, seeing what Zeke's contract is, I wouldn't anticipate Kareem Hunt getting anywhere near close to that. So Kareem Hunt could be a possibility, even Leonard Fournette. Like Leonard Fournette going into that offense uh, wouldn't be a bad fit either. Again, it's just going to depend on what kind of workload he's actually going to get, what kind of money he's going to want. But there is opportunity. That backfield's wide open. Anyone that thinks Alexander Madison's just a locked and loaded RB1, you are are smoking some stuff. So uh, playing yeah. with some fire there if you're with if you're fire. if you're relying on it at least. Like sure. I think the possibility exists, right? But if you're relying on it to be that for you throughout the entirety of the season. I, I wouldn't be the one making that bet, but that that's actually the one where I was asking on Kareem Hunt is where I saw like uh, Stephane, or O'Connell was asked about um, 
asked about Kareem Hunt, he gave like the most just offhanded, like, you know, he, he he's a part of a team somewhere potentially here could fill a role. And it was just the most like offhanded, like I have to answer it somehow and almost just not bury the guy it was almost how I read it from the, from the headline that I saw. Yeah. It, and I don't know. It, it would make sense. It, it would make sense. Um, I don't want to get you know too excited about anyone at this point as far as Fournette or Hunt goes. I think they're just going to both be looking for opportunity. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, that covers those two key signings. Uh, obviously, we'll be continuing to monitor uh, what happens with Fournette and Hunt, but that pretty much wraps up the the main running backs on free agency. Now we did have some other running back news. Surprise, surprise. Uh, you know, JT is, I guess, back at practice. He's not really practicing, but he was there physically like in the team facility at practice. JK Dobbins was at practicing, not with the team, but he was doing individual drills. So they're in the building. They're holding in, I guess, I guess that that's what you want to call it. They're hoping for their contracts, but they're still getting, you know, mental reps uh if if that's what you want to go with yeah i mean as as we've kind of been talking about right like they're probably not going to play a single down they're probably not going to do hardly any work with the team not going to go live at all but they're they're probably going to play they're going to have they're going to show up and play because it's what they're going to have to do if you really just want to take a full year off do you think it's going to be any better next year it's only going to get worse from here if you play it out that way so um, you're you're going to show up and you're going to play football. That's how we've kind of been predicting this one from the start. It seems like these two are on the path to getting back to doing just that. So um, if you're able to go out and buy any of those JTs low, their JK Dobbins is low just because there's a little bit of fear out there. I think that was probably the right play. Yeah, I personally didn't see any of that happening. Um, I didn't see any JTs getting sold for cheap. I didn't see any JK Dobbins getting sold. Uh, those, at least in the fantasy market, those are the ones that I was kind of looking out for wasn't I, I poked around a few places and it just it just wasn't really available um this is what we talked about right this is exactly what we were saying like these these guys are going to play they are the one i am concerned about is josh jacobs i'm i am very concerned about him not only is he not with the team sounds like there's just poor communication going on in the building Devonte adams seems like he's upset with what's happening like there's a lot of turmoil in las vegas that truly has me uh, has me concerned about what's happening with with josh jacobs and his future i do think he'll still end up showing up at some point because he does need to get his games in so that he's not you know basically on the same contract issue next year i don't know like i are you concerned more with jacobs at this point i mean he's a uh he's he's a raider and the raiders just known for just messing things up so yes that is actually one that's more concerning uh between either first round draft picks or organizational how you're running the organization or how you're treating players like Derek Carr and Devontae Adams bringing them in and immediately getting turmoil like nothing ever seems to go right there and I know that's not a great take of just it doesn't ever seem to go right but at some point at an organizational level it has to mean a little bit of something and so yeah Josh Jacobs is the one I mean as we're seeing it right now is the most concerning and just because of who they are and what they do and how they operate a lot of the times it's the most concerning one to me from the start yeah I could I could totally see them them botching this and and screwing this one up and I don't know. We'll we'll see. Again, anything with Las Vegas is just kind of a, a mystery right now. Um, you know, J.K. Dobbins just sounds like you know he 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 obviously tore his ACL two years ago in the preseason playing preseason games. I don't think he has any interest. Uh, J.T. has no interest in getting any reps. Like same team, same off, or similar offense. Like he's going to be comfortable being fine uh, getting back in there. So all good to go there. 
any other running back news we want to dive into at all? No, I don't think there's really anything else. You know, you've got some signings of like the, the team, the guys that are visiting teams, a couple of injuries around, but truthfully at the high level for what we need to deal with right now, um, there's there's not too much more on the high level of things. Just just some smaller names if you're playing the deeper dynasty formats. Obviously, pick them up. RBs on a 53, right? Yep, absolutely. So we'll we'll kind of see how those things uh, pan out as the the next few weeks of preseason goes on. Some other news here going on. Uh, Zach Ertz uh, apparently did not have a full reconstruction of his knee. He actually had a ACL repair. And it sounds like he's going to be ready for week one. So all of this offseason Trey McBride hype and excitement. Is it all of a sudden dead for you? Uh, do you think Zach Ertz is going to be the guy out there on the field, tight end one for this offense, just eating up targets again? I don't know if he's just going to be absolute eating up targets. Um, it, it's it's weird with how bad the Cardinals are projected to be that like there's there's a bunch of guys on them like Hollywood could get a bunch of targets out here. Zach Ertz could, it used to be McBride, but now Zach Ertz could see a decent amount of work out here we got michael wilson who's getting hyped up for you know his role and what that could potentially be and we've got josh jacobs who's going to get all of his work too it seems like there's just a lot of people that are going to be out there i i just don't know what we're actually expecting from this team and zach Ertz in particular because i think there's going to be a split between the two um but i think he's going to have his purpose it's probably not ever going to be in i don't think it's going to be in lineup this year i really don't think that you're really you know kind of trying to slot him in as a top six tight end. I don't think that's really his game anymore, but can he just be another Gerald Everett from last year? Can it be a Hunter Henry from last year? That's going to be a massive factor in best ball, especially in your tight end premium leagues. I think that's where I'm still very much excited for Zach Ertz. And especially now that he's going to be back week one, instead of what we were thinking, it was going to be kind of like the Kyler Murray trajectory throughout the season. Yeah, I think one of the things with Zach Ertz is like he has absolutely no reason to retire, even if he's not good. So like there is that part of it, because I think all the money he has for this year, and I believe even into next year, uh, his contract is is pretty, uh, pretty player friendly for him. So as much as I'd love to see what Trey McBride can do, I was actually hoping to see a little bit, you know, early on in the season before Ertz came back. So we really knew what McBride was. I just don't know. I mean, again, it's it's that whole offense, really. And that's the problem is like, it's just going to be so bad. I'm with you. I, I, best ball, sure. Give me a dart just because I think he's going to be cheaper than McBride. And if I have to pay a third to get him, like, okay. Like, I'll, t- I'll take the potential points for him in best ball. Absolutely. I do not want to have to start him, at least early on. But maybe I'll acquire him for a third in some places and just hold him. And if he does happen to pop or he starts to, like, get those targets again, uh, then yeah, I'll throw him in, in in the lineup. But I I I don't know if I'm I'm all the way in yet. Like like I was last year before he got hurt. I was I was all over Zach Ertz. But um, yeah, I'm super optimistic for him. That's the that's the word I'll go with. Much more so than we were just a couple days ago, a couple hours yeah. ago before we were really here in this one. You know, like I mean, fan- fantastic because especially when you're talking about that recovery timeline between that reconstruction or the repair to the reconstruction. I mean that every everything just looks a lot better. They're going to take him slow. He's a vet. He doesn't need to be out there, you know, training himself up. He doesn't win with just pure athleticism either. I mean, he's just going to get, he's just going to be one of those guys that kind of like a Travis Kelsey, how he gets, he just randomly gets open. it feels like somehow that's what Zach Ertz has really done through a lot of his career too. It's just what the offense is going to be and what it can provide for him. 
Yeah, I mean, one of the places I will at least be interested in taking him is is I want to see where he's going in underdog drafts if he is available in the late rounds. I'm absolutely interested. And so if you haven't heard, Underdog has partnered with Destination Debbie for the upcoming season. So make sure you do use code TFDR at sign up and you will get up to a $100 deposit match on your first deposit. And if you do deposit $10 or more on that, you will get a one year access to the destination Debbie discord hands down the best place to be in fantasy um, awesome sheets that are dropping there all the time you have to get in there now before the season starts there will be in season stuff going on as well but you want to get in now bbm4 still going on we still have the mastiff i think that's that's you know getting filled up uh, lots of tournaments going on the you know have to be part of this so again tfdr at sign up up to that 100 deposit match and ten dollars or more will get you in to Destination Debbie for that one-year access. So, again, that's on your first deposit. So, yeah, that pretty much wraps up uh, everything there with, with Zach Ertz and, and his update. No news for Kyler Murray, at least at this point. It sounds like he's still hoping week one, um, but there's a good chance that he still misses a few weeks into the season. So, until he's back healthy on that team, I have no excitement, really, for that offense. We saw Clayton Tune, and it was just abysmal. So, uh Yeah. Uh- Give, give me give me that best ball Clayton tune on the back of the lineup. See if I can get one or two weeks in those first four. Come on. Uh, don't do that. Don't say that. Oh, I mean, you're looking at that or Colt McCoy, right? It's not wrong. It ain't, ain't going to be pretty until we get Kyler back, and it still might not be pretty for a while after he gets back with his ACL recovery too. Absolutely not wrong at all. So let's get into some of the, the preseason hype that we had seen this, this past weekend. Uh, or, or heard about, you know, I didn't get to watch all of the games, but I did get to watch some. Uh, and I think the biggest excitement from this weekend, it seems like, was Justin Fields and DJ Moore back at it again, right? All off season, we heard about this, this duo. You broke down your projections, kind of looked at what this offense has to be in order for DJ Moore to be a top 10 run or top 10 wide receiver in order for Justin Fields to just be some prolific passing monster. And and, and we have our questions around that, but for whatever reason, three for three, 129 yards and two touchdowns just gets everyone going, you know, on, on the Justin Fields hype wagon and i just i just still am not there <laughs> hey, that box jump in man that that box that box score looks damn good though man but oh, yeah. but whenever you're looking at the plays calls and there are two passes behind the line of scrimmage and then a full back pass as well and it's preseason week one you know what is it really what does it really go to obviously we are justin fields detractors here outside of jay rich i might be the biggest one in the space and so like <laughs> You know we're we're good we're gonna be dug in we're gonna be on the we're gonna be on the other side of this one and so you know may, maybe we're not reacting enough to how good this offense looked and it's very limited usage but I need to see a lot more out of this offense yet man I I will say I'm coming around a little bit more though like it, the the preseason camp hype but not not the preseason game itself but just the camp hype videos that keep coming out about how good they look and how much better he does look and especially the connection with Justin Fields it's gotten me it's I'm starting to creep in but I I can't I can't do it I still got to be on the fence staunchly that like un, unless it gets so so much better I think there's going to be an improvement level just for sure what wh- how far does it go I'm very much more on the hey let's let's walk before we run here yeah, and I think that's exactly where it is. I think that they are going to walk this year. Last year, they were laying on the ground, and 
So they, they were just a dead offense. This year, I think they're going to be walking. I still think they're going to be bad. Like I think the whole thing with this is Justin Fields will be good for fantasy. Is he going to be good enough for an organization to invest in him and continue to keep him as their quarterback of the future? Is that the, the connection that he has with DJ Moore that's going to actually put them over the top? I'm still, I'm excited. I was nice. It was happy to see him get the ball out of his hands quickly, right? Like that offensive line was awful last year. He needs to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Great to see him throw a screen pass to, to DJ Moore. Let DJ Moore do some work with some downfield blocks. Same thing. Khalil Herbert, nice broken play where where field scrambled, found the receiver. Herbert then turned up field, had three lovely offensive linemen there ready to block for him or three, three players ready to block for him. And uh, he was able to scamper in for a touchdown. So, Hey, uh, all good there, but again, I'm going to be a little. I want to see some some efficient, effective passing from him. I want to see what he can do in these next few weeks uh, with that offense, and 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 maybe I'll get bought in. But I'm just I'm just not there quite yet. Yeah, for now, we're just calling it an overreaction. Absolutely, I think for now that's that's the right one. Is we'll just call it an overreaction. So speaking of overreacting, we had some other. I guess excitement going on here. There, there's a couple of players in particular I want to point out. Uh, Justin Ross scored a touchdown. <laughs> Anytime Justin Ross is on the field playing, you know, for the for the Chiefs, we get excited. Scored a touchdown. Even even more excitement going on. Is this you know is this this the hype you need to buy in to to old Ross? Um, it's the hype I need to actually own him and uh, I, w- I will pick him up in places with the sole fact that he he's just one of these names man anytime he does anything it's going to create hype and there are play there are fantasy managers out there who are still will be bought in until they are shown four years later that he's just not going to do it right and so like if you can just pick him up and hold him you can probably flip him at some point in most of your leagues because there's going to be at least one or two managers in there that are going to try it they're going to be bought into the hype if somebody's not and then i still have to hold them into the season especially in a lineup format no you're back to cut but um for now if i want to pick him up as a speculative ad and try to flip yeah i mean i'll I'll do that but i don't have any actual long-term hopes here yet yeah, I think that, and that's exactly where I'm at. I mean, he had five targets, which was which is great. He had two catches, 29 yards, touchdown. Uh, again, preseason games, but just seeing him score, it does. Like he's a polarizing player. I think I think that's the whole thing. Is you know we, we talked about Keishon Butte this whole offseason until now. It sounds like he's just an absolute dead asset. But Justin Ross is one of those players too that people just believe in. People get excited for. People have hope for. It's it's the it's that you know heartwarming comeback story. And and, and Justin Ross was an incredible player as a freshman at at Clemson. And, and you know until his his injuries happened, uh, it just hasn't quite panned out for him yet in the NFL. Maybe this is it. So yes, you're absolutely right. If you have the ability to roster him, if he's available, sure, pick him up off waivers. Make sure he's on your team. Hold him. I'm not going out and trading for him. That's not what I'm doing. Uh, but some people will. And and you know if he has another game where he scores a touchdown, I, the the hype will be real. I'm pretty sure during the rookie uh, like rookie hype season after he was you know picked up by Kansas City, I think he went for a second in a couple places that I saw. Oh yeah, no, it was it was back in seconds. Definitely all of last year. Yeah, yeah. So if that was possible last year. Now that he's he's healthy, he's back at it. You see him score another touchdown, like that could happen again. So yeah, um, 
real interested to watch that one. The other one I think that was kind of interesting was that Deuce Vaughn looked like the best running back for the Dallas Cowboys outside of Tony Pollard, of course, which was kind of shocking to see. Everyone had question marks about him, but he looked good. He's looked good throughout his entire playing career, right? Like that's the thing that like it is truly only the profile with Deuce Vaughn. And so he's looking good like this. This is one that I'll buy into a little bit easier is because he's he did look very good. Now I want to see it more with like ones and stuff. I want to see it over the course of outside of preseason games, obviously. But we're truly only detracting from this guy because of the profile. It's never what he's shown us on the field. He was fantastic his entire time at Kansas State. And he's going like he definitely got buried in the draft because of it. And maybe it was a little bit of a nepotism pick or whatever you want to say about that. But if he's just a good football player, good football players will get their way and work onto the field, especially when you only have Tony Pollard in this offense. It's Malik Davis and Rico Dowdle outside of that. And I think there might be a fifth one floating around potentially, but Deuce Vaughn could literally be the second best running back on this team. And I don't know what role that fills and if he can do that throughout the course of year, but there's no reason that his game has ever told us that he's not good. It's only the profile. So Deuce is one I'll actually buy into a little bit better. And truthfully, maybe it is just a little bit of personal bias because I've loved some Deuce Vaughn over the last couple of years, too. So, you know, hey, we've all we've all got our guys out there, right? Yeah, I mean, he he was he was electric in college um, and you forgot Rojo. Don't don't discount Rojo. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. But like, that's the thing is like the Cowboys are not looking to bring in another running back. So this is the running back room. And it sounds like they have a plan for Deuce Vaughn. I don't know. Like it's more of a gadget role. Like I, I don't want to necessarily be holding him, expecting him to take over a uh, between the a gaps type of runner uh, in this offense. I don't think he's taking over for, for Malik or for Rico or Rojo for that matter. I think he's going to have his packages that he's used in, or he's going to have his plays that they're going to use him in and, and best ball that might be, all you need all you need is a home run from him right like you just need one play that he cracks your lineup in so uh yeah it was nice to see him play well it might give him opportunity to climb up the depth chart maybe earn more touches uh we'll see how the frame does hold up and i think that's just that's it right like it's just physically can he handle a 17 game season and the playoffs depending on the workload they give him so uh yeah you know I'm it's a it's a story I'm interested in following but a player that I'm not going out and trading for you got him and you can sell him I'm probably on that boat of hey get out or package him with another piece that people are excited about as well and that might be the the kicker to get you an upgrade on your offense you taking thirds in your standard start 10 lineup leagues start 10 so here's the thing like that's why I feel like he's the piece you add to another piece right like he, it's the exciting hype player right now that you can add to another, you know, another wide receiver, and then you can get an upgrade where someone else can buy the hype, right? And I, it's not someone I just want to sell for a third, but that's probably what you should do. Like, I'd, I'd like hold, I'd yeah. hold, I'd just just to have ball, the guy I'd hold. in best ball. I'd probably hold, but if it was a lineup and I had the opportunity to capitalize. I'm I do. I do kind of like the not just throwing it up on the auto except trade block though, and yeah, like trying trying to actually tear it up into something that matters more than what that third will probably ever matter outside of a spot starter too. 
Exactly. And I think that's the whole thing. Same thing with Justin Ross. I feel like that's what you do with Ross as well. You you package them with another piece and you look for an upgrade or you look for, for a different piece that, you know, a way to improve your roster uh, for something that might be more secure. That's, that's how I'm looking at both of those pieces right now. And Otherwise, there's no point in putting them on the auto accept tra- trade block because you might just be buying that exact same player at some point this season, and you can probably trade Deuce Vaughn for a third at any point this season. So that's that's where I'm at. You can always get liquid with that one later, I believe. Yep, but if you want to, I mean, you probably took him in the fourth. You just want to flip it for a third and take that little profit. bit of value gain. Hey, hashtag profit, baby. Let's go. Keep it in. That's that's the Cody way right there, right? Grind those edges, get take that profit any way you can. It's just slow grind. Sometimes you got to slow grind the, the the pace here. Uh, the other last one I wanted to touch on here uh, was was Aiden O'Connell <laughs> of all players. Like that man actually uh, played pretty good this weekend. It was he was he was what he was in college. He was very efficient in college, and I know Eric Vanek is out there very excited to see uh, Aiden O'Connell have a a, a monster game. Um, you know, I think he was what 15 for 18, 141 yards and a touchdown, you know, good performance out of him. So I just wanted to, to highlight that one real quick. I don't think he's taking over for, uh, for, for Jimmy G by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he's definitely the two on that team. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy G's $33 million dead cap this year that they're paying him probably isn't going to be taken over unless things go really, really badly down the stretch. And, uh, you know, he's the Stetson Bennett for the last three games that get, gets in there and uh, pl- plays a couple of games or not Stetson Bennett, but Stidham for the Raiders the last couple of games last year, Stidham. And uh, outside of that, yeah, I don't I don't think it would have to go miserably or outside of injury. Don't think he's there. But hey, good to see that he's actually showing out, securing a number two job. Um, what we've seen in college is translating the NFL and playing, you know, against probably some of the more backups. But good to see that it's actually translating and he's securing that role for himself. Yeah, I, and, and that'll pretty much wrap up some of the, the I guess, the the littler names that we were excited about. The one thing I did want to kind of wrap up on, we have, I guess a couple things here, but uh, the saints offense was surprisingly, I guess not surprisingly, but it was good. Like it looked good as a preseason game. I know, but maybe it's not an overreaction here to say that that saints offense might be good. Uh, Derek Carr looked really well, you know, played out, showed out really well. He was six for eight, 70 yards touchdown on his, his opportunity. Jameis Winston was really effective, 11 for 13. And then you had Jake Hayner come in there and, and, you know, do his thing. But overall, the offense actually looked pretty good. We got to see, you know, Jamal running the ball. We got to see Alvin catch some passes, have a couple, you know, carries as well. Uh, MT had a nice grab. And, you know, it's good to see him back out on the field, healthy, I think, playing football at least. So we'll see how long that lasts. Lasts. The only one that really didn't get involved uh, was was Chris Olave. He only had one target. But this Saints offense might not actually be a bad one to have. And I'm I don't know about you, what you saw from from the stat sheet or what you're what you're looking at with that team. What do you think can be if with Derek Carr in this offense? And if I mean, I, I know I know people don't like Derek Carr, but um, I don't care what PFF tells me last year. Andy Dalton was not good. And this entire offense was not good last year. Derek Carr, as long as he's not at the very end of last year, where it looked like he almost just really didn't want to play for that team anymore. Um, 
if he's not that level of bad, he I, I think he's a much better, much more like Kirk Cousins s type of quarterback. If he if he has a good year, he can operate at that type of level. Obviously, not to the not to the level of like six hundred pass attempts and still maintain that efficiency. But if he sits around that like five hundred pass attempts mark, I think he can operate this offense very efficiently, much more than it was last year. As long as these pieces stay healthy, as it looks right now, yeah, they've got they've got a lot of weapons on it. This should probably be the team that you want to be taking in that nfc south right now i'd probably be putting my money on them they, they're looking really good yeah no i'm right there with you your, your guy your guy at perry actually showed out he had six catches 70 yards in a tutty so you know that was your your guy all off season that you know d- deep dark you know dark horse kind of player but uh hey he, he he played well he's gonna earn more opportunities so that that was awesome to see but yeah this whole offense i think as a whole was uh was really interesting uh you know Kendra Miller, unfortunately, this week did sprain. It sounds like his knee. We don't know the full extent of the injury. It's not a tear from what we're hearing, but they did already sign Daryl Williams. But with Jamal and Kamara, I, I you know it sucks for Kendra if you if you took him in rookie drafts, but and it's on the same knee that it was already on. Yeah, yeah it does. It doesn't sound great. Um, it. I mean, I, I don't want to prematurely it might be an overreaction but it might be a wash season for Kendra Miller with oh. all of these other bodies that are in there with Kamara with with Jamal with now Daryl Williams who's a very serviceable vet, vet vet back as well like what's what's the path for even just practice snaps that Kendra is going to be able to ramp up with throughout the rest of the season like he's he still wasn't even able to have a full grasp of the playbook because he hasn't had time in the preseason to really work on it this year because he's been hurt now he's hurt again and now you've got three backs in front of him that are going to be taking practice reps each and every week like it could be a thing where he's fourth running back on the depth chart and maybe he's active like it, it could seriously lead to some game day inactives like even especially week one week two week three early in the season unless other things happen, like he might not be seen from for a while. Yeah. I think the, them signing Daryl Williams to me was a sign that they, they understand that Kendra is going to be out sometime. This was already to me a, a lost season as is like everyone's hope. People that had hope for Kendra was, ah, oh, that's three game suspension early on. That's, that's going to be the time that, uh, that Kendra can shine. Now that is just gone absolutely gone smashed we thought it was gone already but now for everybody else that's an actual reality and not only do i think it's the lost season like i'm gonna be very very like it's gonna be a tough running back room to look at next year because jamal is signed to a three-year deal uh alvin Kamara is under a contract for next year i believe if i'm i'm not mistaken and i think i think he might be cuttable but we'll see how again the running back market Saints seem to be, I don't know, uh, loyal to him. Uh, we'll see how that kind of pans out. But he's going to have to hope that, that Alvin is gone next year in order for him to actually get a shot in this offense and then have those reps in the offseason to grasp this offense if he wants to replace anybody. And unfortunately, with a $19 million dead cap or cap hit and 16 dead cap, I don't know how he's out. Yeah. So uh, there you have it. We have our our uh, running back room set for next year with Jamal Williams, Alvin Kamara, and hopefully with the three will be Kendra Miller. And and I hate saying that because I we I was super high on Kendra. You yeah. loved Kendra too. Like he was a very talented running back, and he he still is. It's not like it's at the end of his career. But for the sake of fantasy, I, I mean, 
woof. Like the yeah, situation I mean, sucked, and now you you have the injury, the the opportunity, all of that's just squashed. I'm not waiting till year three or outside of injury for him to even see a role um, and see a couple of injuries probably to really get a role that actually matters over a weekly basis for fantasy. Obviously, at the running back position, it can happen. You know, we see like Raheem Blackshear last year getting actual meaningful touches throughout a game. Like it can happen, but. I'm probably not really looking for it to happen this year or next. I mean, man, for a guy that we were taking at the back end of first round drafts and rookie drafts for some some of us, like it do, it's it just doesn't look great for the way this has played out for him in his future. I was telling everybody all July and even up and up until like all of this news, but basically once we figured out what was going on with Alvin, like you had to sell. Sell on any glimmer of hope for for Kendra Miller for for what people thought, just because at least if you wanted to and you had a hope of like competing this year, because now the asset of, of Kendra Miller is just I don't say he's, it's a dead asset, but no one's trading for your Kendra Miller at this moment in time. And if anyone is fully aware of the contract situations going on in, in New Orleans, you're going to be hard to press, you know, hard pressed to actually say he's replacing anybody next year. So. I hope the best for the young man. Hopefully, you know, the, the knee pans out and, and everything's okay, gets back on the field, gets those reps, and maybe the next offseason he can get on the field and at least have some sort of a role. But oof, not That's the start of the career. Sell off to those tanking teams that think they actually want running back assets to rebuild with in the future. Yep. I mean – that's that's your only hope. Hope you can find a buyer for that that's that's believing in the future. That's that's truly it right now. Window closed. <laughs> oh, unfortunate, man. Uh I, I wanna I mean, we'll, we'll, we're, I have to bring it up. I have to. We don't need to touch on it too long because we've been beating the San Francisco quarterback room deader than Trey Lance's career. Um oh. and <laughs> and so right now. Yeah, Trey Lance threw a touchdown pass this weekend, kind of. Uh, I think the assist goes to the defender is how we want to go with that one, but it wasn't a great show out showing for him. I know Brock didn't play, play all that great either, but it sounds like there's a clear pecking order in that room right now with with Trey Lance being the three. Yeah, and we, you know, we've been having the conversation and the debate of which one's going to be the, you know, which one could be the starter. Is it going to be Trey Lance or Brock Purdy? And it doesn't even sound like that's actually the real competition here. It sounds like everything that's been coming out, it's Brock Purdy, then it's Sam Darnold, then it's Trey Lance. Unfortunately, right now, it sounds like he's going to be that third quarterback on the roster each and every week. That's the emergency quarterback, and unless something changes or unless we're just getting absolutely false reports out of San Francisco, which they do all the time, but yep. um, so well, you know maybe there's there's still some hope out there with that. But it, it seems like this is Brock Purdy's job to lose. Is he is he going to be able to recover from the injury? Obviously, he hasn't looked back to form yet. I don't think there's anybody who's thinking he was going to be back to form yet. They're saying he's progressing really well and above where they were expecting him to even be, though. And so I think that's why that's his job right now, and it's his. It's going to be his job to lose. The, I think it's becoming more of the interesting conversation now. Is Trey Lance actually able to beat out Sam Darnold? And from all reports that we've been seeing out over the past two weeks, it sounds like he's not even doing that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's I mean, it, it's unfortunate because I think if you are Trey Lance, like you're hoping to get traded. Like if you're going to be the number three on on your own quarterback room behind Sam Darnold, behind Brock Purdy, like if I'm the the Forty ers if that's where you're, you know, where you're looking at him. 
you trade him and, and hopefully for Trey Lance, he gets an opportunity. I know he hasn't played many games in the NFL. Totally get it. Totally understand. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not sitting, you know, I did make the joke about his, his career being dead, but uh, it's just because it hasn't taken off yet. And maybe there's an opportunity down the road, but for all intensive purposes for fantasy, kind of kind of dying right now so it's it's really unfortunate uh, but again i hope he does get that chance uh outside of san francisco i mean look he ha- he has the opportunity to still be competing the rest yep. of this offseason and it's not going to be his last opportunity to compete for a job like eventually he will have somewhere else that he's competing unless he's just burned every bridge with everybody in san francisco like that's the only way is is if he's just has that bad of a rep but by all accounts that's really not the case with him you know he's they're all saying he's coming in working hard every day still developing he's just really not that like he's just not there right now compared to the other guys so i think he will still get an opportunity somewhere else eventually i just don't know if that's going to be outside of a outside of San Francisco for the first four years of his contract. I think he's going to be stuck there throughout all of that time because the only thing that they're paying their quarterbacks right now is a grand total of like $37,000 for all three of their quarterbacks. And that's the issue of why they won't trade him because they have no reason to, because it all fits within the cap structure yet. I'm going to say that that number is wrong. We said 37,370. Sorry, 37 million because okay, trade, okay. because of trailing like, holy crap i was like man that's a missing that's a, missing a set of zeros but yes 30 <laughs> that's, that's all right no. 34 for 34 for lance and then sam darnold's 3.5 and brock purdy's 80 grand you mean th- yeah 3.7 million same same i'm with you you're tired it's we're late. getting there <laughs> we're getting there we're, we're close to the number I, I i figured you were in in there in that range but yeah that's not a lot of money so you're absolutely right there's no point in actually getting rid of him but you know, you, everyone I think hopes at this point that that does happen. Maybe they get Kirk Cousins next year and they move on from everybody, and who knows? But yeah, that uh, that that room has has been talked about more than anything else this off season, and it's getting it's getting old quick. But and only got a few more weeks. Will be continued to be talked about, e- even if every time Brock Purdy throws an interception, we're going to bring it back up. Where's Trey Lance at? Where's Trey Lance? Bring it back up. <laughs> but. That pretty much wraps up, uh, you know, our, our week one recap. Kind of talking about some of those uh, the overreactions, reactions to what's actually going on right now. Anything else you want to touch on before before we do get out of here? Yeah, before before we get out, just have to give one last shout out. Obviously, I've been kind of out of commission, but for those days that I was out of commission, I truly appreciate every single person who put that fantasy expo on. Every single person that I got to interact with, and everybody who made that event possible. Just want to give one last shout out to everybody up there. Who was a part of it and made that made this weekend one of one of the best that I've had in a long time. Yeah, they, they do put on a great event. And I, like I mentioned earlier, I hope to be part of it next year. That would be uh, fun to for us to get together. Um, but but again, to to just meet everybody that we talk to all the time um, and just to to really bond with the community. So, yeah, huge shout out to the expo. Uh, hopefully, like I said, hopefully next year. Hopefully next year. We'll get you there. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. And then the last thing I do want to touch on before we do wrap out of here is the, the sad news about Alex Collins. Uh, unfortunately, you know, he, he did pass away today. Um, it sounds like it was a motorcycle incident involving him on a motorcycle and a vehicle. So it was a, an actual accident that happened. Uh, he was apparently trying to make a comeback this year and actually play. Uh, so this is truly unfortunate, tragic news and, uh, you know, heavy hearts out to, to him and his family or to his family. 
and uh, hopefully, just, uh, truly, just thoughts and prayers out to everybody, yeah. everybody associated with you know him and yep. him and everybody around him. We've lost a lot. Of, well, we've lost a lot of players here over the past over, over this off season. A lot, just way too young. Ryan Mallett, another one that we lost, yeah. you know, a couple months ago, and both out of Arkansas, I believe, as well, and both yep. played for the Raiders at some point too. So, uh, all, all those organizations, everybody around them, and especially their families and loved ones. Yep, just thoughts and prayers before we go here. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll wrap out on that again. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash all gas. Make sure you are part of Destination Debbie. Hands on the best fantasy football community to be a part of. Tap into that Heisman community. That is where you will find us and all the Destination Debbie content creators available on there in the voice chat. Chat, just constant access all day, every day. And you want to be a part of that during the season. You have to be part of the Heisman community. Just nonstop football college football pro football looking at 24 class looking at 25 class going to be a great time so really looking forward to that patreon.com forward slash all gas and thank you so much for joining us here on the overreaction podcast 